Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, November 16th. This is The Gateway. I'm Shayla Farzan, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the overall population in the St. Louis region barely grew in the past decade, according to the 2020 census results. But that trend is not true for all races and ethnicities. The basic things that bring people to the area, you know, the lower cost of living, amazing educational opportunities, as well as professional opportunities. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid examines why more Latinos are moving to St. Louis and deciding to call the region home. First, the news. President Joe Biden on Monday signed a sweeping $1 trillion infrastructure bill. Mayors from St. Louis and Kansas City were on hand in Washington to hail the legislation that will direct federal money to Missouri. St. Louis Public Radio's Steve Vakra reports for the Midwest Newsroom. Missouri gets low marks for the quality of its roads and highways. The American Society of Civil Engineers gave Missouri's infrastructure a C-minus on a recent report card. The wide-ranging federal infrastructure bill that went into law on Monday would send billions of dollars to Missouri. The White House says Missouri could expect close to $7 billion for combined road, highway, and bridge projects over the next five years. Public transportation and rural broadband would benefit as well. St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones traveled to Washington along with Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas to celebrate the bill's passage at the White House. A usually divided Congress negotiated over the infrastructure bill, and ultimately enough Republicans joined with Democrats to get the bill passed, including the outgoing senator from Missouri, Roy Blunt. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Steve Vakrat, St. Louis Public Radio. Nursing homes must now allow indoor visits for all residents under new federal rules. Facilities can no longer limit the number of visitors that a resident has at one time or the length of the visits, according to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Marjorie Moore is the executive director of Voice STL, a nonprofit that advocates for nursing home residents and their families in eastern Missouri. She says social isolation has had a detrimental effect on people living in nursing homes during the pandemic. Nursing homes want to make sure that their residents are safe and residents are free of COVID, but there is this balance of making sure that residents have social lives and are able to communicate freely with family members. Nursing homes had previously been allowed to restrict outside visitors to reduce the risk of COVID outbreaks. Visitors to nursing homes should still take precautions, including masking and physical distancing. Finally, a group of lawyers plans to use a federal grant to help residents in North St. Louis limit the number of vacant and abandoned homes. Attorneys with the Neighborhood Vacancy Initiative will use the more than $370,000 grant to provide support to communities suffering from neglect and poor investment. Peter Hoffman is an attorney with the organization. He works with residents to hold predatory and absentee landlords accountable and seek home repair assistance. Under Missouri law, we can actually file a suit on behalf of the neighborhood organization and compel that owner to do something. We have some use it or lose it statutes. Um, We have other types of laws that compel owners to make repairs. Hoffman made those comments on St. Louis on the Air. He hopes to recruit more pro bono law firms to further expand the initiative's support to neighborhoods. 
The Latino population is one of the only communities that grew in every corner of the St. Louis region, according to the most recent census. And the results from 2020 indicate their numbers here will continue to rise. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports on why more Latinos are calling the St. Louis region home. To be clear, this isn't a new phenomenon. Between 2000 and 2010, the percentages of Latinos in the St. Louis region roughly doubled, and that same trend essentially held for the past decade, too. There are now more than 100,000 Latino residents in the region. Much of the growth has come in Madison, St. Clair, St. Louis, and St. Charles counties, as well as St. Louis, where Latino residents now account for more than 5% of the city's population. And there are many practical reasons to move here. The lower cost of living, amazing educational opportunities, as well as professional opportunities, Gabriela Ramirez Arellano is the director of entrepreneurship for the Cortex Innovation Community. The Hispanic population in the metro area is majority professional. So people are coming here because of their jobs or because they come to the university and they decide to stay and make a living and raise their family here. She adds the region also offers a good deal of support for Latinos who want to start businesses. It's something Lusnail Rondon Haberberger tapped into after moving to St. Louis in 2015 from Rochester, New York. Two years later, she started Lusco Technologies, which has found considerable success, mainly contracting with Ameren to help design and maintain the local electric grid. There are a lot of free resources uh, to entrepreneurs from how to do your business plan, how to do your accounting, marketing, or even recruiting. The Venezuelan native says she had always wanted to start her own company, especially after earning an MBA in addition to her master's degree in electrical engineering from UCLA. She says having her own business was a way for her to add flexibility between work and spending time with her kids. Rondon Haberberger adds she and her husband decided it made the most sense to relocate to the town he grew up in. So St. Louis was kind of like a compromise. It felt good, scary, but good. Other Latino newcomers in the past decade felt similar trepidation. Julio Suarez leads community affairs at Anheuser-Busch and had been in Orlando before coming to the St. Louis region in 2014. He says the move was a bit of a culture shock for him, especially coming from a place with much more diversity. Suarez, who's originally from Panama, says he spent his first years in St. Louis seeking other Latinos in his company and in general. There was just something that I was craving. Whether it was the food, the music, conversations about other parts of the world, it's hard to put my pulse on it, other than the fact that I was missing something that I, it was hard to describe. He has found it, though, and says the community and culture he's a part of is powerful. Leveraging the fact that I speak Spanish and English is a great value, not only for me professionally, but also for this company. And it's not just about being bilingual, it's also about being bicultural. That's one of the things Norma Vega appreciates most about St. Louis for her children. Vega moved to Fairmont City 18 years ago from Mexico and says the largely immigrant village gave her family space to embrace both countries' cultures. She says it's important that her kids don't lose their roots. Even though Vega has been here for nearly two decades, she says she still struggles to achieve her American dream because of how much daily activities in the St. Louis region require speaking English. She says you can learn to order fast food and not go hungry, but when it's medical or legal questions, you need someone to help. 
Ramirez Arellano says the pandemic showed how critical it is for local governments to share messages in more than just English. She co-founded Estiel Juntos for that reason, to fill the void of solid information about COVID-19 in Spanish. We definitely cannot wait around for us to put an emphasis on this kind of outreach. And she says there are other things civic leaders should consider to support the naturally expanding Latino community here. The population is a lot younger, so therefore workforce efforts maybe need to change, right? We're looking at what does workforce look like in the future, but we're looking at people that are already adults. Rondon Haberberger echoes this sentiment, especially since the majority of Latinos in St. Louis and across the country are around 10 years old. I want those 11-year-old kids to be the engineers walking on my system. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 years from now. Well, and staying here, too. And st- exactly. Rondon Haberberger says she hopes to blaze a trail for other Latinos who may come to St. Louis. While she was born and raised in Caracas, Venezuela, she says the arch is now a symbol for home. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Brian Munoz helped produce this report. Fred Ehrlich edited it. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Shayla Farzan. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.